Hey, welcome to the Youthology Podcast and our discussion on youth leaders and campus access. Let's get practice on this. What I would do first is to get that youth leader um, with students to sit down with them. It, it, so if I'm the leader in the area or if I'm coming in like I do and coach teams, I'm going to I'm going to pull together like I did. I just did this in uh, Fresno, California, right? Literally uh, the day of the lockdown in Fresno. I am leaving. I had my ticket was out and this had hit and I and we had been. OK, should I go there or not? It, 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 the uh, lockdown started uh, nationally about two days before that. But we just kept it and we and we made the group smaller that where I was coaching uh, it was a multiple staff youth ministry team. But what we did on the last meeting is I brought in eight to 10 students. Okay. And I sat them down and I, I talked to them with this youth staff so that they could hear directly from the students, you know, how the students are, how are my students serving God on campus? Because if I can help a youth leader see the committed students who are on campus that are serving God, then they can show up and sit at their table at lunch if they get a chance or go to the student section and sit by their students and feel safe, okay? Because they have this context relationship, uh, this contact relationship with their students. And uh, so I think think that's the first thing, to, to be with students. Because then if you're comfortable with your students, um, on at the church, then you'll be comfortable with your students at you know in their world. So that's the first thing. Second, what I have tried to do is to take another youth leader who is doing this well, and get them with the youth leaders in their area who are struggling with this. So what I would do is take this youth pastor girl that I just told you about, and if I'm ever in that area again, uh, which I w- which I will be doing a youth leaders conference, I'm going to stand her up and say. Hey, you, uh, you know, Jules, tell me, how did you get on camp? Would you walk us through what you did? What was your idea? Because if she can share in front of, uh, you know, a bunch of other youth pastors in, at this youth pastors conference, in front of all of them, I guarantee you the ones that aren't doing anything, I'm going to be like, hmm, okay, sure. <laughs> That's a great idea. Maybe I can do that. So um, that would be two ways. Sit them with students who are, uh, there are students who are maybe, you know, really solid believers and have them talk that through. W- what is it like to be on campus? Uh, do you go to FCA? Are, are you involved in, in first priority? Um, you know, it's uh, where, 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 when they can sit with students who are already serving God where they want to be, that, that, can, be, that can encourage them and maybe be the avenue and then second, with youth leaders who are already doing it well, I think we have to match those youth leaders up with youth leaders who are struggling with campus access. And in post-pandemic life, I yeah. think all of us are aware of the reality that this fall Man. is not going to look like um, any, any fall we've had before. And so one of, the, one of the things you just touched on is we're going to have to really lean in heavily on student leaders correct who are who do see themselves as campus missionaries because uh, it's it's very likely that whether it's myself as a local nonprofit champion or whether it's 
a youth pastor of the local Baptist church, right? That's yeah. just going and serving because they want to do. Neither one of us are probably going to be allowed on campus this fall. It's very likely that those doors are going to be shut. For sure. Um, and so, thinking clearly yeah. and soon, yeah. hey, how do we endure and we do what you just said, which is how do we make sure we match up youth ministers and are encouraging one another? Great. And how do we get student leaders to take that next step up in leadership? Yeah, so I think to add to those two that I shared, being with students, being with student leaders, I think you gave the gave a third one right here. Here's another way. We we have to sit down with parachurch leaders and church leaders. I had a relationship with parachurch leaders in both of the settings where I was a youth pastor in the local church setting. That it was strong. I had I had parachurch leaders who who were on my youth leadership team, okay? And I say to youth pastors all the time, "Hey, who are the uh, first priority leaders?" Who are the Youth for Christ leaders? Who are the, uh, um, the there was a baseball coach that was uh, one of my youth leaders who was involved in, um, in FCA. He was one of the best youth leaders I had because he connected me to all of the other uh, huddle groups so that when we did that Fields of Faith thing that they, you know, all that's, man, I already knew all these youth pastors and it was mostly because of my parachurch relationships. So I think that's gotta be stronger. Uh, fourth, you cannot have a mono strategy to reach the campus. Okay. Usually our mono strategy is let's get involved in the parachurch leader, that number three area. Let's get involved there and support it and whatever. Listen, you got to have more strategies than that. And I think the first one is training campus missionaries. You know, I mentioned it a, a few minutes ago. If, at, if, if every youth leader who was intimidated by the campus, who didn't want to go to the campus, would just raise up disciples who could reach the campus, then I think it would be easier because now that access may be tougher in the fall and classrooms are going to look different and lunch is not going to be like, you're, you're not going to, we're not going to have 500 kids in a lunch in a school anymore. They're going to have lunch in their classrooms probably. I mean, think about that. Um, or they're going to have three different lunchrooms, you know, one in the gym, I don't know, whatever. Everything's going to change. So what a great opportunity to raise our students to be disciples, to be campus missionaries. And to, to take August when we get back into youth ministry, if we do, or to do that now, to take, take time before they get back into campus and train them how to, in apologetics how to share their faith. Train them how to... Uh, invite their friends to the youth ministry group. Train them how to take transitional statements when a kid says, man, I had a terrible weekend. How to take that into, man, I had a great weekend, right? Transitional statements as campus missionaries. I, there are, I have a page that has like 30 ways to do that from happy birthday greetings, etc., cetera, uh, to wearing your merch. There's so many ways to get people talking about that. And I think what has to happen is youth pastors who maybe are timid and don't want to be on campus, he or she can train campus missionaries and it, it, it's, it's a way to get their youth ministry on campus, you know, especially with, with the tighter, uh, you know, how, how, how much tighter campus is going to be now. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate your view as we begin to land this thing. I think you've just spoken into what we are thinking about in Nashville and running the first party of greater Nashville. Yeah. But I would speak on behalf of the other 40 charters that are thinking as well in their cities, 
right? I think you've spoken to the fact that we've all said when we're around roundtables, man, I just can't train students one way. Like I can't just train the youth pastors nope. and train the students. Nope. And I think I think that's going to be amplified this fall. We're going to have to train students through Zoom. We're going to have yes. to send things to their youth pastor. We're going to have to gather them in groups of three. And like we're going to work harder than we've ever worked before. But the fruit, in my opinion, is going to bear itself in more ways than ever before. Hey, Steve. Here, here's an idea with that. Let me just. I know we're. I know we're locking this down. But here's an idea with what you just said. Um, I think this uh, multi-strategy versus a mono-strategy could really happen if youth leaders would just change language. It doesn't even have to be like a big teaching or to bring in a parachurch leader. Change your language by saying something at the beginning of every one of your messages. Hey, today, uh, this week, we are praying for, right? And just mention the high school or the middle school. Or in your messaging, uh, help... help uh, Help the burden of your youth ministry by just saying at the end of your message, I, I'm, we're all going to this football game or that baseball game or the track dual meet with six schools on Saturday. Dude, I can see all the schools by doing that. By just changing language. Just language. So. Well, Danny, Danny Chambers says language changes culture. Correct. So if our intentionality in language changes this fall, this summer, man. then culture begins to change. And that's what, I mean, that's the whole reason we do what we do, right? Is to help students so true. change the culture of the campus. So, such a, really such a Chambers fan, big time Chambers fan. <laughs> I think if I saw him, I've never met Danny, I would be like, he's, he's a Nashville I love him. I know he is. I follow him around, man. I'm, I'm a fan. That's hilarious. Well, so, you know, here it is, man. You've got you've got a group of forty guys that are staring at you that have heard you kind of dance around and land everything. What's one final word that you want to say to that group of guys and gals as they yeah. make their way back into preparing for next fall? Um, value. I know it's been ten weeks, twelve weeks, or so. Value this time with your family, even if it's only another week or two or three weeks, whatever's left. Man, dig in to the family. Ask the hard questions with your kids. Talk, look at your spouse in the eye every day. Man, you know my story. My wife passed away four years ago. Uh, she would be kicking me out of the house right now. She'd be like, honey, could you go for some more? We need more cheese. <laughs> you know, would you go for another walk? You're bothering me. So, I, I, you know, I, I wish I could bother my wife again. So I would just say to all your leaders, man, don't let, don't let, Hour, these hours pass by. Sit down with your spouse. Take a walk with your spouse. Do a project with your spouse. Uh, talk to your kids, man. Get to know your kids again. My son, as I said, just came back from Hillsong's uh, Leadership College. And um, so he's been with me for a few times. And we've sat down and put together like some mini sermons that he's doing and had those discussions. I, I, I want, I don't want this time to pass without me saying, uh, we took some extra conversation and got to know him better. I, I keep, you know, he's not dating right now. And so I'll put this out there. I was like, hey, yeah, I, can, I cannot. I think I said this a couple days ago. I cannot wait to meet your wife. He's like, mm, I got to date someone for, you know. <laughs> so it just those kind of conversations, man, right now are so valuable for your leaders. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check out all of our available resources at ufology.com. 
or any of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. All at the handle, Jeff Grinnell. Have a great day.